Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour. Time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, hosting the third in our series of conversations about Dharma with the Yoga Hour's founder, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Today, we'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. Yoga is a term that is familiar to many, if not most people today, but often it's thought of in a very limited, narrow way as perhaps a system of stretching or exercise. But in fact, yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, union, or unity, and really is talking about the bringing together of our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. Our topic today is living the dharmic life, living a life that is worthy of you. What does it mean to live a dharmic life? How can we live by the soul's radical inclination to fulfill its potential? Today we'll be discussing how the teachings and practices of Kriya Yoga support us in living our lives with meaning and purpose. As many listeners know, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien is the founding director and host of the Yoga Hour. She's an acclaimed spiritual teacher, writer, poet, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a Kriya Yoga meditation center with headquarters in San Jose, California. Yogacharya teaches nationally and internationally and has received several community service awards, including the 2015 Mahatma Gandhi Award for the Promotion of Religious Pluralism. She is currently offering a year-long online course called Dharma 365, which is a comprehensive immersion in the Dharma studies and practices for discovering your higher purpose and living it every day with heart and meaning. And you can find out more about Yogacharya O'Brien and the Dharma 365 course at the website Ellen Grace O'Brien. Uh, Ellen Grace, I think you know how to spell O'Brien, O-B-R-I-A-N dot com. So EllenGraceO'Brien dot com and then C-S-E Center dot org. So welcome, Yogacharya or Umaji. I'm delighted that we can have this conversation today on the Yoga Hour. Thank you so much, Dr. Trujillo. I'm so delighted that you um, uh, host the Yoga Hour and um, are facilitating this conversation with me today. It's wonderful to be here, and I greet uh, the listeners um, with a bow, honoring the divine in each one. Mm. 
So before we begin our dialogue about living the Dharmic life, Umaji, would you lead us in a brief meditation? Oh, absolutely. That would be great. So let's, um, let's have this be a, a yoga moment, a moment of joining our attention and our awareness in the deep core of our being. Begin with a chant of Om, the primal sound. In the beginning was that pure existence being which moved into expression as all that is that energy, that vibration permeating all life, the creative force and power that is within us and expresses through us, is us. We are that. So in this meditation moment, we begin to be aware of that reality which is not only beyond all creation, but through it. Remember that we are that. And as we meditate, as we pause for a yoga moment, we remember that right where we are, that reality is. God is. Spirit is. So breathe in to your divine being. Breathe into your self, your true self. That which is unbounded, infinite, free, beyond time, beyond words, beyond thought, really beyond the breath. So as you breathe in and out, take special note of the tiniest pause that's between the in-breath and the out-breath. The tiniest pause where the breath changes and it moves from in-breath to out-breath, from out-breath to in-breath. When you become aware of that place where the breath changes, see if you can expand awareness of that still point. And touching that still point, let us draw from it peace, power, wisdom, and joy. And take that with us into our day, remembering that God is our life. We are that. And that peace goes with us wherever we go. Oh, thank you so much for that delightful pause, that yoga moment. I I love to start our conversations that way. And I'm so excited that you're here today for our third program in the series on Dharma, which we began uh, by discussing the four goals for spiritually conscious living, purpose, abundance, pleasure, and freedom. And then our second program was about how to live with higher purpose, which arises from knowing the goal of life, self-realization. So, it's just a little bit of a review. Uh, let's talk just for a moment about the Sanskrit word dharma, which has several meanings. Can you remind us about them and particularly how we are using it perhaps in our conversation today? Hmm. 
Yeah, the word dharma is very much like the word yoga. You know, we have a certain understanding of the word yoga, but of course it has many meanings. You know, we think of it... um, with spiritual uh, focus and understanding uh, yoga as meaning, you know, to uh, awaken, to be self-realized, samadhi, um, as Patanjali refers to the word yoga. But of course, others, as you say, think of it as hatha yoga, as exercise. In the Bhagavad Gita, we find several um Explanations, yoga as skill in action, yoga as uh, freedom from sorrow, um, yoga as even-mindedness. So it has all those meanings. And dharma is really uh, the same way. You know, we think of dharma as purpose, which indeed it is. Um, it, and it's very, its root means to uphold. Um, so it's really lovely to contemplate this word dharma um, because it, it means the um, the divine the divine order the uh, cosmic um, basis of order and purpose that is there in life. Um, so it's the basis of our. Um, a spiritual quest, it's the basis of our social order, of our moral order. You know, it's, it's this divine order. You know, I like to think of it that, you know, what it, that keeps the planets from running into the, each other. And so there's this divine intelligence and order that pervades all of life. Um, and then as we bring this understanding into the human uh, experience, um, it's, it's the order that has us understand, you know, what our purpose is, you know, to fulfill our potential as, as spiritual beings. That's what it is for us to live with higher purpose in harmony with this divine order. Everything in nature has a purpose. Um, you know, everything, uh, 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 prospers in accordance with its own nature. And so, uh, for us, Dharma, our purpose, our higher purpose is to awaken spiritual and uh, live in harmony with that uh, cosmic order, that divine order uh, of the essence of all that is. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's really beautiful. So you created the course Dharma 365 as a year-long online program that includes many parts. So there's monthly practices, weekly lessons, and daily inspirations, along with questions for contemplation and for journaling. What what inspired you to create the course? <laughs> well, I always do these things um, for my self um, <laughs> you know um, I mean I, I, I of course I have the intention um, that they will uh, serve others and be a support but often the inspiration comes out of what really you know interests me um, you know how I want to live and uh, in the highest way. So the Dharma program came from my own um, exploration of what it is uh, to live in the highest way and how we can do that every day. And so it was something I wanted to put my attention on and I wanted to put my in- uh, attention and intention on it um, every day. And so that's that's where the program came from. And then I had the marvelous opportunity to share it with people. And so people can, um, you know, subscribe to that program and participate, you know, any time. Mm. Yeah, I, I did want to kind of underline that people can start the Dharma 365 program at any point, and you can find out more about it at ellengraceobryan.com. So, um, as the name Dharma 365 indicates, the course is meant to be taken over a year-long period. What inspired you to use that particular format? What's the benefit of engaging with this topic over the course of a year? Well, you know, Dharma is, is something, of course, that we discover. You know, we, we look at, you know, what it is to live with higher purpose. And of course, I remember, you know, meeting my spiritual teacher, Roy Eugene Davis, who is a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda. And, um, 
you know, and just for me, that that meeting was um, transformational. You know, it was the point at which I stepped onto the path um, of really spiritually conscious living, and you know, that's what that's what Dharma is. But you know, meeting him and learning about the teachings of yoga um, as a path of a spiritual awakening, it's really a path of intentional living. And so, you know, like many people, I spent many years of my adult life sort of flailing about, you know, trying to make things work, (laughs) trying to make, you know, my relationships work, trying to find the right work to do where my heart, you know, could find satisfaction. I could use my talents and um, feel that, that my heart was satisfied. So, you know, coming on the spiritual path, I discovered that, you know, no, there's really only one thing that's going to satisfy your heart. And that is um, waking up to the reality of what you are and having a relationship with the infinite. That's the only thing that will satisfy the heart. And then, you know, once you do that, it's a matter of um, discerning, you know, what is this thread in your life um, that is like a divine golden thread that has always wanted to express that has that has always been with you um so it's it's understanding that we have a spiritual purpose and that the heart's desire um is is this spiritual awakening but then we have to take it into the world and find you know what is our uh what is ours to do mm-hmm and that's the rub, isn't it? Taking mm-hmm. it into the world. <laughs> yeah. Think about those yogis out in the, you know, in a cave in the Himalayas. That's the classic, you know, picture mm-hmm. that we have. But, you know, being engaged in life and in relationship, um, that's our biggest learning ground to me. Being in relationship, for example, with my husband and, you know, mm-hmm. getting triggered and working through things. It's, uh, it's, uh, figuring out how to, um, bring into my life the things that I've learned in my meditation and really and really practice them, you know, continuously. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, when we explore this idea of Dharma, of 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 purposeful living, um looking at the overall, the overarching purpose of of awakening and and learning um, that there is a divine presence and power and order to life that we can that we can learn to cooperate with and that our lives can prosper as we as we learn to align with this this higher purpose and and we we learn to serve life you know uh, prior to that um, most people you know who have a spiritual inclination in life or you know we call it a religious inclination are looking at um, you know I, I describe it as looking at God as a su- subcontractor you know like <laughs> We're, we're, we have our projects in life, and then our mm-hmm. prayer is that God will help us, um, mm-hmm. you know, f- take care of our projects. Even if we feel that those are useful things, um, when we begin to study Dharma and Dharmic living, we understand that, that, that that's, that's not an accurate or, or it's not really a helpful, it's neither accurate nor helpful to approach life in that way. Um, mm-hmm. With a higher way of uh, living, with higher purpose is asking, you know, what is, what is divine will for my life? Um, mm. And then, of course, you know, many people don't want to ask that question because <laughs> it, scares, it scares the bejesus out of them. You know, they they think, well, I don't want to ask what God wants for my life um, because, uh, you, and I remember this in my life thinking, you know, I don't want to ask what God wants for my life because sure enough, I'm going to be off in a nunnery, you know, in a full habit in Birkenstocks and <laughs> and, you know, I'm not even Catholic. And so, you know, that was like, oh, there was some fear back there that, you know, somehow I, I wouldn't be able to live the life that God had given me. But we realize um, on this process of studying Dharma and, and mm, surrendering this sense of being separate from God that 
you know, God has given us the life that we have. You know, it's not some other life. And uh, this process of surrendering and living our dharmic life isn't about becoming somebody else. It's about becoming in our fullness that which we are and we've always been. So, you know, I mentioned this golden thread that runs through our life. And it's been there from the beginning. And, you know, um, Dr. Trujillo, you know, you're a medical doctor, so somehow I imagine as a little girl, you, you were probably healing, you know, animals and, and people in your family. And, you know, it, was it there from the beginning? Uh, well, a little bit. I definitely remember my um, dearest wish for Christmas when I was probably, I don't know, seven or eight was a doll that had all of these like medical accoutrements that she came with. She had a cast that you could put on her leg and... <laughs> bandages that you could put on you know that is so great that is so great yeah so (laughs) so we're focusing today on living a dharmic life which you've described as living a life that is worthy of you and I, i just love that idea you know a life that is worthy of you but can you tell us more about it um what does it mean to you to live a life that is worthy of you Mm mm-hmm well, you know, it means, uh, of course, living in the highest way. And then we have to discover what that is, you know, to mm-hmm. live in the highest way. I, there's certain words, you know, I'm a writer and, of course, a teacher and, uh, you know, Kriya Yoga teacher. And there's certain words that, that I, um, I become fascinated with and I have a relationship with. And somehow I feel it is my, um, my sacred duty to redeem certain words in our language. <laughs> I give myself this assignment. <laughs> so words like God, you know, uh-huh. that, you know, people have trouble with, you know, and because I think these words have been misused. And if people understand them more clearly, you know, we'll be able to use them again. So God is one, you know, duty is another. I find many Westerners, you know, do not like that word because it feels like <laughs> something you have to do, but you don't really right. want to do. And right. worthy is another one of those words. You know, I find people just kind of um, contract when I use the word worthy um, because there's a whole idea that has to do with measuring up and judgment and, um, you know, being worthy of something, you know. And so right away what comes up is this uh, critical um, sense of self, you know, like somehow I'm, I don't measure up. But somehow one time in my research i always i I love reading the dictionary that's how much of a writer i am you know (laughs) i i I go to look up a word and then i just you know start reading the dictionary so um i discovered somewhere in the roots of the word worthy is an old latin or old english root that means inward turned Mm. and i thought Oh, that's the redemption of the word worthy. It, it means a life of, of self-referral. It means a life of self-connection. Like, like what we're doing on the outside matches this connection um, to the deep self, to the true self. And that for me is a life that is worthy of us, where we are in harmony with our own being. Mm. Yeah, it's just beautiful. So I've heard you tell the story about your grandmother and how she taught you an important lesson in living in the highest way. Would you share that story with our listeners? <laughs> See, my grandmother taught me a lot of lessons. I was trying to think about, well, which one, which one would it be? Um, <clears throat> I guess uh, with regard to um, the harma and, and what we do with our life and the choices that we have. I, I remember one time, as a little girl, um, you know, she was very important to me. I, she was really like my first spiritual teacher. She had such a strong presence about her, and I really respected her. And so she would give me these pithy little lessons that still have stayed with me to this day. But I think one day, um, I was I was probably about 10 years old or 11, you know, just getting into being active in school, um, you know, probably belonging to clubs and doing my schoolwork and um, things like that. And she asked me to do something. 
something for her. And I just, I told her that I couldn't do it um, because, and then I rattled off this whole list. I couldn't do what she was asking of me um, because I had all these things that I had to do. Um, had to do my homework. I had some club responsibility at school. I had my chores at home and I was rattling off the whole list. And I said, I can't because I have to do these things. And she said to me, you know, there's only two things that you have to do. You have to breathe (laughs) (laughs) and you have to live until you die. (laughs) And I'm thinking, okay, let me think about that. Um, you know, you have to think about the impact of a statement like that on a young child. That Because I really felt that, and I see even with my little granddaughter, you know, it, you feel like you have so many things you have to do, you must do. And she just busted right through that saying, no, the, you, you don't, these are the only things you actually have to do, and the mm-hmm. rest of it is all choice. And mm-hmm. uh, so at a very young age, you know, she she made me have a sense of, um, I think, self-empowerment about, you know, what I was going to choose and, and mm-hmm. how I didn't have to hold things in my life as a burden. Mm-hmm. Wow. So earlier this year, you published another book of poetry called The Moon Reminded Me. And there are actually several different poems in there that speak to the joy of following your soul calling. So as we get ready to go to the break, would you share a poem with us? Sure. Um, How about The Moon Reminded Me itself, the title poem from the collection? This is a a poem about dropping into that mystical consciousness, dropping into that yoga uh, awareness where we our consciousness expands into the joy of union with the beloved, with the higher true self, and. when we come to that place, it's a place of, of joy and blessings and the, the mundane things fall away in the light of that experience. So it's called The Moon Reminded Me. This morning, the moon reminded me it's never too late or too early. Go ahead. There's a way to turn without losing your balance Even though you get drunk on the beloved's wine, even though you leave your shoes behind at the Sama, go ahead, take them off. Place your hand on your heart. Start turning toward the light. Raise yourself by yourself at dawn. Go ahead, shine in the morning sky. Oh, it's just beautiful. And with that, we'll go to the break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with our special conversation today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, founder and regular host of the Yoga Hour. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm and we will be right back. you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world that's easier than ever with mobile giving just text unity radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey 
toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. What if you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God? Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals, offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and I'm joined today by the Yoga Hour's founding director director and regular host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. And you can learn more about Yogacharya's work at the two websites, ellengraceobrien.com and csecenter.org. And today, our topic is living a dharmic life, a life that is worthy of us. So in this segment, we're going to be starting with the importance of intention. And um, I think actually we're going to have a short poem um, Omaji, did you want to share another poem with us? Yeah, sure. This is a poem I actually wrote um, decades ago. I mean, it's kind of been in several forms. It it came out of um, the in, you know the experience of seeing a bloom in the desert. You know, which which seems like um, it just can't happen. <laughs> you know, this this dry, still landscape that gives rise to these amazing blooms. Um, so this is a little haiku about seeing that, contemplating that. It's called Desert Moon. Desert Moon rising, wildflowers blooming on sand. What will you do now? So, for me, you know, that's a little haiku uh, about seeing this dharmic intention in life, this power, this shakti, this, this divine energy that is so bold as to make flowers bloom in the desert. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, what will you do with that? You know, will you keep denying that there is that power in, in your life? And, uh, you know, will you keep, uh, refusing to bloom? And, uh, so it's a very strong question for me. Mm-hmm. What will you do now? Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful image of the desert flowers blooming in them under the moon, under the desert moon. So oftentimes when we 
decide we need or, or want to make a change, a change of course in our life, we begin by setting an intention or resolution. Well, people, when you say, you know, an intention or resolution, what most comes most often comes to mind is a New Year's resolution. And unfortunately, our experience, I think, just about uniformly with New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. um, is that they don't last very long. So we might have a resolution to exercise more, and if we're lucky, that might that might last mm-hmm. a month. Um, and then we don't want to make a, a resolution or to set an intention because we feel we always break it. So we mm-hmm. give up in trying to make changes in our life. So what what are your what are your thoughts about that or what advice do you give to people um when they are really at that point of of wanting to make a change wanting to set an intention and yet also fearful of of doing so well i, I think the power of making an intention lies in the fact that it is not a future orientation. So I think the trouble that we have and where we stumble with our resolutions is that, you know, we're, we're not something, we're not doing something or we're not being something, uh, or living in a way that, uh, we want to. And so we have this idea that we're going to change and, um, and so we sort of set it up from the, the, premise that we're we're not okay <laughs> things are not okay and we're going to change that so we have all this energy around um making a change but i think we can approach it from our spiritual fullness which is that which we are in our wholeness in our fullness in in our uh deep uh, essence and think of our intention as simply uh, stretching out from that awareness of our fullness so mm-hmm. we begin with that which we already have so we, we get rid of that um piece of failure that's built into making a resolution to change something, you know, because we're not that. So intention, as I see it, is starting with that which we are and letting our action then move out from that fullness. And, you know, of course, people ask, you know, how can I do that? You know, I I intend to be um, prosperous and there's, you know, nothing in my checking account and I can't pay my bills. And, you know, so how can I um, you know, affirm and know that I'm prosperous right now. Um, it has to do with not, you know, connecting that uh, divine quality with um, outer appearance. You know, shifting that. So again, it's back to self-referral, um, getting in touch with our innate fullness, our innate prosperity. And then setting our intention that that will express more fully in our life. I think the idea of shooting an arrow is a good way to talk about intention. Um, because when we have a resolution, we tend to think that, you know, it's a goal we're setting and the goal is really hitting the bullseye, you know, that that's, it's an end point. But intention says it's, it's all the way. So it's this moment all the way, you know, Mm. there's the stretching back of the bow before the arrow releases and um, the idea in the mind of it, you know, where, where we're sending it. So intention includes all of that and it begins in the moment of fullness. So we really ask a very good question, you know, how, how will you get to prosperity unless you start there? Mm. Yeah, that's really beautiful, and it reminds me of some uh, little piece from a conversation that I had with Richard Miller last August on the Yoga Hour, and he's the one who has a program uh, based on yoga principles for PTSD, and one of his principles is that you begin within wholeness, so you're mm-hmm. healing within wholeness already, right. so you're not you're not starting from you know, from from what's missing, you're starting from this beautiful feeling within, you know, of this wholeness that's already there. 
<clears throat> yeah, I was reading uh, uh, Rumi this morning, and uh, there's a beautiful piece from one of his, I think it's one of his uh, commentaries um, on the Quran, perhaps. But anyway, he, he was writing about how we all have this, you know, inner physician. And, you know, you, I think you could relate to this being a physician. He said the outer physician only comes and inquires of the inner physician. Mm-hmm. In other words, the outer physician will come and say, you know, how are you feeling? You know, uh, what have you been eating? You know, how has that been affecting your body? You know, what, what, what do you sense is going on with you? The, the, the outer physician doesn't come and, and uh, assess that. First, the outer physician goes to the inner one that everyone has to ask Ask that physician. And then, then he says, you know, if you, if you have gotten out of touch with your inner physician, the role of the outer physician is just to help you, um, find that physician again. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Isn't that good? Yeah, that's really good. So we've talked about making a beginning, you know, setting an intention and Really, with this realization that when you're shooting the arrow actually begins with the idea, you know, in your mind and includes the very first movements before even the bow is released. So to me, that's really making a turn toward God that we've been talking about this whole conversation. So what comes next? What's the next step? Mm-hmm. Well, I think when we, when we look at, at Dharma, you know, what, what comes next is, um, seeing that our life is being lived, uh, dharmically, which means, you know, in accordance with, um, a spiritual principle. So, you know, w- we look to see that our action is, um, you know, uh, harmless, um, that it is, uh, that, that is motivated, you know, with kindness and compassion, that it's in harmony with this divine order. We, we, we make sure that we are being truthful, you know, with our, with what we say and what we do, you know, we're keeping our commitments. So, you know, what comes next is, is checking this, um, sense of what it is we want to bring forth with what is is the dharmic um, moral foundation of of mm-hmm. life, um, and so of course with yoga we have the the yamas and the niyamas as guides. But you know principally the yamas, um, you know how we're how we're living uh, in the world. You know what it looks like to live a spiritually conscious life. So we have an intention, and then we want to. And discern that it is in harmony with divine will, which means um, that it's intention that is going to serve life. Um, that's really it. That it that it's not something that's simply self-serving, um, or even self-serving necessarily in disguise, which sometimes I see. But but is really uh, <laughs> meant to um, be an, a, an offering. Mm. Yes, beautiful, that idea of offering. That's great. So, you were really just talking about this, but um, I've heard you use the phrase that dharmic living is intentional living with higher purpose. Um, So, can you say more about that? So, intentional living with higher purpose. We have these guides of the yamas and the niyamas you mentioned, you know, harmlessness, you know, as Mm -hmm. one of the, you know, niyamas, and that's the first one and the one that kind of I think is the root, you know, for for me of our action of really recognizing that, um, you know, since we are all one, acting with harmlessness um, is essential because when we harm others, we're really harming you know, harming ourselves. So, anyway, intentional living with higher purpose. Can you, can you say more about that? Well, you know, what comes to me about that this morning is... Um you were you were talking earlier about I know right now in the timing of this program of course we're it's November and you know we're we're going to come to the close of the year pretty soon and people will be thinking about you know resolving um, right. 
And uh, I think one of the things that happens is that our goals are, are good goals often, but they're simply not high enough. Um, and by that, I mean they're not contained um, they're not connected to a higher purpose. So, for example, you know, somebody wants to lose weight or eat right, and, you know, that's a really good goal. But often it's not important enough. Um, yeah. You know, it's not it's not connected to something that has more meaning. And mm-hmm. so if we have an intention um, that that we're going to serve life by doing something that is really meaningful to us, um, the work that we're doing in the world, the, the way that we're supporting our family, then those things that, that really are good and they are for our well-being are, are sort of a subset of that um, higher thing that we want to do. So, you know, why do you want to be healthy and have vitality? Because you want a longer life, you know, for yeah. awakening, um, because you want to be able to serve your family, because you, you want to do this worthy work that you're called to do. So you you just have to kind of hook those goals um you know, to a higher purpose. And, and then I, I find for me that that helps me. Like I have this, this uh, higher purpose that is guiding my life. And then the other things that I really want to do, you know, I, I want to live a simpler life, a more focused life. I want to have healthy habits of meditating every day and eating right. Those things all are um, like, you know, soldiers in my army <laughs> that, you know, have to line up um, right. in order for me to have the vitality that is uh, necessary, you know, to fulfill, you know, my dharmic impact pulse yes and and just as you were saying that i was reflecting on the the three key practices of kriya yoga as defined in patanjali's yoga sutras so you know we we can use those and they really help us with the discernment that you've been talking about so you know we have an intention and then requires discipline, which is the mm-hmm. uh, self-discipline, you know, one of the three tapas. Um, and then the one that I, I just love, because you can use it for everything, is self-study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then we mm-hmm. can see if our soldiers are aligned, you know, and heading, <laughs> heading in, the right, in the right direction, <laughs> um, you know, by, uh, by self-study. And, uh, and then, of course, um, always holding that desired outcome loosely so that there's room for uh instead of making god the subcontractor you're you know really allowing god to be the contractor and um in self surrender you know the third so so self discipline self study self surrender very important tools as we try and uh focus our living with higher purpose Absolutely. I think those three are our, there are our generals. <laughs> They're the generals. Uh, um, but one thing, uh, you know, that, that I'm aware of and, and have become increasingly aware of in my life is that, um, what we are doing as our intention, you know, our, uh, our dharmic living and what we, what we become aware of that we have come here to do, um, <clears throat> Is, is actually, uh, you know, our, it is, it is our path of uh, becoming in fullness that which we are in potential. So, you know, initially it's like you asked me, you know, why did you put together this course on, on Dharma? You know, that's a, that's a small uh, example that, you know, I said, well, you know, I did it for myself. Um, (laughs) and, 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 what I mean by that is, you know, we we do what we are inclined to do because that's what is within us. And the process of it coming out, you know, whatever it is you're doing as your service in the world, um, you can be free of the attachment to outcomes because you understand that what you're doing is your path of soul unfoldment. It's your path of your um, potentials becoming realized. It's your offering. It's, you know, it's your way 
um, of of pilgrimage is you're walking to the shrine of you know um, divine love. It, it, what you do in that sense is is for you um, because it's a way in which you unfold and develop. Hmm. Exactly. And what came to my mind then was the, you know, Rumi poem um, about this is not a caravan of despair. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't matter if you've broken your vow a thousand times. Come Mm -hmm. and yet again come. So, because that's, that's what happens, right? I mean, we have, we have moments. um, (laughs) Again, self-study can really show us these moments where we're setting off on a course and, you know, we don't, we don't, make it i mean it's there's a we miss and then there's that those moments where you have to just set that aside and that uh feelings that of failure that can feel like uh you know that that can overwhelm us (laughs) and make us feel like oh you know it's like is it even worth it to keep trying and then just to realize that that then you were attached to a certain outcome and you have to put that aside and um just keep going putting one foot Mm -hmm. ahead uh in front of the other well, and there, you know, I love the beautiful questions that the sages have asked, you know, over time. Like, what is better, success or failure? Mm. You know, if you're, if you're on this path and realize it is your path of becoming, your path of awakening, you know, what serves that better at any given time, uh, success or failure? Mm. <laughs> That's such a good question, isn't it? It is. It is, uh-huh. yeah. I, and, and, of course, it means, you know, what we think of as success or failure. But if you understand it as the process of soul culture or soul making, you know, of course, the soul doesn't need to be made. But what I right. mean is this: the soul coming into expression sometimes our failures are more important than our successes and so um, being uh, not attached to the results means that we're always um, turning to God as we're walking along this path um, we're being honed um, we're being a polished you know like the pearl we're we're being polished so that the offering that we make can be useful that's gorgeous gorgeous image and unbelievably we've come almost to the end and i i was hoping we would uh have perhaps another poem what do you think about that (laughs) or or would you just like to to just leave us with some words of uh, about another one or two minutes you want to Poem would be great. Um, okay. Let me see. Let me find one for us. Um, I think just maybe we'll do one again about this um, deep experience that we can't use. You know, it's not. Um, it's not for the outer effect it's for the inner transformation so this poem is called i cannot use what you have given me Mm -hmm. i cannot use what you have given me when i try to give it away it returns Mm -hmm. they do not want it in the marketplace there flower vendors tie white jasmine together for other women's hair i am uncovered unadorned where only that oh really really beautiful way of closing the program so you've been listening to the yoga hour it has been my pleasure to share this time with you i'm dr laurel trujillo and have been joined by Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien to discuss living a dharmic life, a life that is worthy of you, which is the third in our continuing series on dharma. And if you missed the first two programs in the series, you can go to our archive at unity.fm slash the yoga hour and just um, look for um, actually the dates are September 14th and October 5th. 
So Yogacharya O'Brien is this program's founding director and regular host and an acclaimed spiritual teacher, author, and poet. You can find out more about her at the two websites, ellengraceobrien.com and csecenter.org. It's totally delightful to have this conversation with you today, Yogacharya. And I look forward to our next conversation, which will be in February. Thank you so much, Dr. Trujillo. And um, thanks to all the listeners who support the Yoga Hour and let people know about it. And thanks to um, the staff at Unity um, that makes it possible. Jeff, uh, running the sound for us every time. It's uh, it's beautiful, beautiful experience, and thank you so much for hosting. So join us next week as I have a conversation with Stephen Cope, senior scholar in residence for over 25 years at the renowned Kripalu Center and author of the recently released book, Soul Friends, The Transforming Power of Deep Human Connection. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition uh, with a world headquarters in San Jose, California, but offering also online programs and including including the um, wonderful Dharma 365 program that we have been discussing today, which you can access at the ellengraceobrien.com website. And for more information about the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, visit csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. And if you're enjoying the program, hey, share it with your friends. I look forward to being with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all that you meet. Bye now. Bye. Thanks again. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. moment we live can be holy and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so everything we do can be a prayer and by using our innate creativity with intention in every aspect of our lives that can indeed be true author Carla Kincannon wrote creativity is so much more than art making It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. Carpenter was working at a cathedral. He was laying tiles on the highest part of the roof and wasn't making an effort to do a good job. His foreman noticed the poor work and said, you'll have to redo that portion of the roof and do it right. The carpenter asked why. No one's ever going to see these tiles way up here. The foreman answered, God will see them and God is very particular. Although other people may not see it, The universe is aware of your attitude. So are you. Your attitude affects every aspect of your life. If you change your attitude, you will change your life. Changing your thoughts helps change your actions. 
and can result in positive changes in the world around you. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 